This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And a big shout out to one of our special podcast partners, Dex.com. They wear receipt bank. They've been through a great rebound. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, Martin, isn't there, at Dex? You know what, Rob? I always speak to accounting firms about having a strong, uh, clearly articulated value proposition really early on in their messaging. You know, as soon as you see that firm, it tells you something. When I go to Dex.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, it says right in front of me, we make accountants and bookkeepers and the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Those three illustrative P's there, productive, profitable, and powerful. What a great, clear value proposition. So as accounting practitioners listening to this, if you're looking to make your firm more productive, profitable, and powerful, not just for you, but for the businesses you advise, go to dext.com, that's D-E-X-T, dot com and start a free trial or book a demo love that dex gives you more time and better data to advise on your clients businesses so your accountants get over to dex.com thank you welcome to our special guest interviews for this week on the accounting influencer podcast and here with me from various parts of the united states it's rob santos <laughs> and rory henry from Arrowroot. good day gentlemen good day rob Hello, Rob. Hello. We don't often do double-handers here on the Accounting Influencer Podcast, but uh, you two come as a package, I understand. So uh, we'll take both of you, right, Rory? Yes, we're a package deal. <laughs> now, just for the benefit of people that haven't come across you guys and what you do or our route, do you just one of you want to give us a brief introduction, let us know what we're getting into here? Sure. Happy to. So Arrowroot um, is a financial firm that has a few different divisions. We have Arrowroot Capital, uh, which is a private equity B2B enterprise software uh, private equity group led by Matthew Safai. Um, we also have Arrowroot Advisors, which is an investment bank, which focuses on sell-side uh, mandates for enterprise software. And then we have Arrowroot Family Office, which really means our own personal family office. So the professionals at Arrowroot pooling our capital together and, and managing it in our own family office. But it also means for everyday people and other people that are investing with us, more services. Um, and through that program, we've launched uh, Arrowroot Family Office Wealth Management Forward, which is our affiliate accounting program, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a, a little bit later, which is really attaching the family office model and engine to a lot of accountants um, kind of across the United States to help them to transition into more of a family office model and advisory. Yes, thank you for that. And our accounting practitioner audience, uh, our international predominantly in North America and the UK, they will be wondering why we have you two guys on the podcast. So talk to us about your involvement in the accounting profession, Rory. What do you guys do there to, to help accountants or help the people that they help? Yeah, we uh, have a program, as Rob mentioned, called AFO Wealth Management Forward. We're educating CPAs and accountants out there on how to adopt this family office model, Rob. Historically, the family office model was, as probably people think of, it was for the ultra-affluence of uh, the John D. Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans, where they had all the professional services under one roof advising the family. Well, now through advancements in technology, we're able to provide this fa same family office level of care, really no matter the size and net worth. So for the construction worker, the nurse, the teacher. Uh, and so we, what we've done is we've provided this model for accountants to provide holistic wealth management advice uh, to their clients. 
we really believe that the CPA, the account is really the advisor of the future. There's some best practices, some technology implementations away from providing this holistic advice uh, to their clients, Rob. Thank you. Let's pick up on the phrase, we educate CPAs. How coachable, Rob, do you feel CPAs, accountants are as a breed to take on new ways of doing things? So I think historically, uh, it's been very, very difficult, um, both from a compliance uh, technology standpoint, um, industry-wide, both on the accounting and the wealth management side, I think it's been in, in, incredibly difficult. But the the difference in the last few years is one, accountants largely need to do something. That industry is changing. Margins are decreasing. Uh, there are not enough CPAs to fill the seats that are needed to be able to go on to the next industry. So, you know, necessity is 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 really the best thing for innovation here, right? So, uh, we are seeing a lot more open mindedness to it. Um, second is that through our program, uh, accountants are able to affiliate either with us or another RIA, Registered Investment Advisor, and they can, through a compliance structure called a solicitor's agreement, share in that in those fees um, and not shoulder any of the, really the compliance burdens um, to be able to do that. And that's a complex, difficult thing uh, for a lot of CPAs to wrap their mind around. So we've tried to you know make the complex simple, not just for our clients, but now for accountants um, to see that this path is much more clear than it was a few years ago. And as I mentioned earlier, they need to do something, right? So if it's not this, then we're really curious about, well, what is that solution for you? And we've had a, we've had a number of answers, some of them that we think are quite clever and others that, you know, just from our experience in working with accountants is, is a very difficult um, lift. And so we're trying to be able to show a path of efficiency that's future facing, as opposed to trying to go back to a model that most accountants are kind of working on and just saying, you know, you really have to just work harder. <laughs> you know, That's not um, going to go down well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Rory, when we talk about accountants changing and needing to do something, we know this downward pressure on compliance fees that Rob's alluding to here, and they're looking at more of the advisory and the additional accounting services to supplement their revenues and to stay afloat. Are, are there any other drivers of change you feel that is forcing them to talk to guys like you about different and better ways of doing things? I mean, look, I think the capacity problem is one, as we mentioned, the, the compressing margins uh, on the compliance fees uh, are another. I think they're seeing, you know, I talked to Seth Feinberg at Accounting Web, and he says, you know, the one thing that's plaguing small and medium-sized firms is the need to stay relevant. So I think they're looking for models and ways to stay relevant. And I, and I think the advisory, the CAS or the advisory model is something that has been interesting to them. And a lot of the CPAs and accounts we work with, once they start getting involved in some of these technologies, these softwares, they see the light bulb, the light bulb pops off. They go, oh, I can do this. Uh, there's simplified technologies like Asset Map that really is a holistic onboarding tool that allows them to map out assets, liabilities, cash flows. And that opens up the conversation to provide investment advice to clients. So I think really the, it's the need to stay relevant. And I, and I think they see this historically, financial advisors as a higher margin service that they can provide to their clients. And they're uniquely positioned. They have the trust of the client. Uh, they're best positioned. They, they advise the business. They advise the personal lives of clients. They're uniquely positioned to take on 
that role. And I think as Rob stated, historically, they've had a conflict there or belief that they couldn't. But now due to technology, those administrative, those compliance issues have really been ironed out uh, for CPAs. Mm. What we're seeing too as a driver of change, Rob, you'll have noticed this, is that clients themselves are saying, hey, I'm running a family business. How can you help me? What other services have you got? What, what advice can you give me? What, what wealth management advice, what financial advice can you, so the client is driving the agenda, whereas before the client would say, well, just keep me out of jail and do my compliance and everything else. So the accountants are having to step up, aren't they? Oh, in, in an enormous way. You know, this, this change is, is largely being driven by clients, right? And so we always talk about, look, the client experience is, is obviously one of the most important things right? To any business, that you're selling a widget or you're selling accounting services, whatever it is. But the other focus that we have is your employee experience and your own personal experience. What is the experience for somebody working in your firm? And so not only are the clients clamoring to be able to have this better, more holistic, future-facing, technology-savvy type of service, but employees are dying for it. They want leaders that are embracing some of these new things. And so we we hear it time and time again from accountants. I haven't been able to, I need more CPAs. I need more help. I don't have somebody to be able to have a succession plan for my business. I haven't been able to find one for a long time. And our answer to them is, have you built a firm to attract that talent coming out of these schools and people that use phones and use software and want this want to give this kind of advice and more often than not unfortunately the answer is no so you know on both aspects employees and, and clients um, and that user experience i think is very very important Rory, talk to us about family businesses family offices we know that uh, in the covid phase that we've all been through all over the world that uh, family businesses have almost held economies together. So I'm guessing the U.S. is no different to other parts of the world. There are a lot of them out there, perhaps not truly understood by accountants. So give us a flavor of what's involved in a family business and some of the issues. Rob, you want to touch on that? Rob's probably best suited to answer that one. Sure. You know, um, we have seen a dramatic increase in the values of private companies across the world. Um, there's a lot of reasons that we can try to go go into about that private businesses. Also, if you look at the net worth of kind of the average American, um, there's a few areas that make up their net worth. One of them is their retirement funds, their 401ks. We have it's trillions and trillions of dollars in our uh, the 401ks workers. The second is in their real estate, their homes. Um, and for the affluent, it's their businesses, it's their private businesses. And from the accounting perspective, every a lot of people probably on this call are quite familiar with the tax sophistication of why all of these various structures are built from a tax efficiency standpoint. However, the idea of maximizing um, the value of those things through creative, holistic wealth management or family office services is not something that accountants have really focused on. And then something that COVID really brought out was estate planning, right? Uh, and that's a, that's a conversation that even the most wealthy affluent people do not like to have. Uh, you'd be that, you know, nobody, you, people would be surprised of how wealthy these very sophisticated, wealthy, well-planned people have not properly done their estate plan. And that goes all the way down to a, a, an average American or someone from the UK. It's a difficult thing to be able to go through. Um, and so it's a tremendous opportunity here because there's a tremendous amount of value to be given uh, to clients by merely asking the question, 
right? And then having the confidence that you do have some resources to provide a solution, you don't have to have that information completely in your brain, but the knowledge of where you can be able to reliably send your clients or service your clients for those sophisticated questions is highly valuable. And we would say a necessity for the, for the market going forward. And that's where we pull uh, in technology-enabled partners. Uh, in the U.S. here, Rob, there's a partner called Trust and Will, where they have streamlined the estate planning process. So uh, what used to be cumbersome, where you'd have to go into an attorney's office and sit down and answer really difficult questions on beneficiaries or end-of-life wishes, can now be done in the own comfort of your own home. So being able to uh, leverage technology to provide an estate plan can really provide that family office level of care that our clients love. And it actually is an entry point into that wealth management conversation or even advising the next generation um, who could be in that estate plan. That makes sense. And when Rob mentioned estate planning, I'm thinking, who would a family business go to for advice on estate planning? Because there's the solicitor, the, the lawyer, there's the independent financial advisor, the IFA, as we call them here in the UK, but the financial wealth manager, there's the accountant, the trusted advisor. All of them have a little slice of the action. All of them have a little piece of the puzzle, if you like. But getting someone to holistically join all of that together, that's the challenge, isn't it? Absolutely. And and there isn't, you know, one solution doesn't fit all. You know, Rory mentioned Trust and Will. We also partnered with a wonderful tech-enabled service called Vanilla, which is really focused on the ultra high net worth. And through artificial intelligence, you can scan the estate plan uh, and within a you know a matter of a few hours of things like this, it will do a very high, very good detailed map of what your estate plan is, flag different things that you need to become aware of. And you can give it to the client to say, take this to your estate attorney just to like sniff test, or we can try to help you with that um, if, you, if you want. But I think a big challenge there to your earlier question, Rob, is a lot of accounts are are very detail oriented. They want, if they're gonna give advice, they wanna know everything in and out of some of those things. And, and one thing we challenge is that, you know, the explosion of venture capital, the explosion of computing, artificial intelligence, all of these other things are powering the ability to, to have very strong teams, software, math, that can give you that confidence. So you can, it's a tool now that you can be able to lean on and you don't need to know absolutely everything but you need to have the confidence that it's something that your clients should have, something that value that you can be able to give. Um, and the benefits of a business practice um, and all of that we think just comes along with it. But that trust and that relationship that you're building with the client that is of the most important thing, that's how you can safeguard it. That's how you can build a moat around it. And that's how you can ultimately build a future facing business. Mm-hmm. And Rory, if accountants, CPAs are wanting to add wealth management to their offering, financial services like that, we get that there's a lot for them to think about. So how do they dip their toes in? Do they need to reach out to our route or are they thinking, well, with a little bit of knowledge, I can do this myself. I don't want to be fair with anyone else. Well, that'd be great. Obviously, we would welcome any uh, inquiries. So you can reach us on, on LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, look, there's ways to dip your toe. Uh, we always, I always say on the pod, our podcast, uh, Rob, how to eat an elephant is one bat at a time. So we, we say, take one of those small steps. Start introducing yourself to some of these software uh, providers over here in the U.S., just to mention a couple, there's Asset Map, there's Right Capital, where you yourself can create your own financial plans. And I think once you see that and experience it for yourself, you can then see how it can apply to your business. 
so I think really dipping your toe in the water. Uh, you know, we 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 have we're on Earmark CPE. Uh, I Blake Oliver, uh, his his uh, Earmark app. We're on there. So if you want to listen to our podcast, we are having webinars put up there as well with some of these software technology providers that you can look at that and 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 start understanding how you can adopt uh, some of these services. Nice mention Blake Oliver and Mark CP. They do the CP for our show as well. So uh, Blake's one of the good guys. Uh, talk to us about how technology has changed the game in your world, guys, with wealth management and family businesses. Sure. So it's changed the game tremendously for us in the last 10 years. So there's a lot of parts of our service offering that used to have at least one to three team members specifically uh, hired for that purpose. Performance reporting, uh, risk analytics, billing, um, due diligence. There's all of these areas that took a tremendous amount of manpower to do. Uh, frankly, software has allowed us to be able to do those services much more efficient, cost efficiently and more accurately, uh, more reliably, and in a much prettier interface. Um, so it's dramatically changed this. Um, the other thing on our side of the industry is that obviously fintech is touching our consumers in all kinds of different ways, right? The reality is Amazon finance is supposed to come out in a few years. What is that going to mean, right? Um, it shouldn't be surprising to, to anyone about the consumer is getting access to information and these algorithms directly right? And it's much more used to being able to use some of these, these tools. One saying that we use quite a lot in our podcast and our program is don't fight the robots, partner with them. And a, a lot of these fintech providers um, have recognized the fact that advisors, CPAs, estate planning attorneys, these are the centers of influence that actually, if they can build software to make us better, it's it's a better business model than them trying to just buy ads uh, on the Super Bowl and try to get people to come onto their, their app. So I think technology has learned that we are valuable, at least for now, <laughs> okay? Uh, and that we have that knowledge, we have that trust, we have our client's best interest at heart, and we can use those tools better than they can at the moment. Um, and so there's been a real reflection of that. And on the CPA side, on the accounting side, it's obviously there's a whole nother kit and caboodle that's going on over there um, as well. But this is the next frontier of fintech is connecting those areas. And so we're really on that bridge between what's going on on the accounting fintech side and what's going on in the wealth management fintech side. And that bridge is being connected currently as uh, where we are. And there's a tremendous amount of opportunity as that happens. Got that. And Rory, it's not just the technology. There's so much data around. There's so many statistics. There's so many figures and numbers. And there, there's almost an art to being able to make sense. It's okay having a nice interface and everything else, but the, the wealth managers, the financial advisors, the CPAs, the trusted advisors, they've got to make sense of all of that in a way that is, as you say, relevant to the client, that makes them understand the stories, the trends behind yes. the numbers. Yeah, I mean, the computer's not there yet. Amazon hasn't solved this. Apple hasn't solved this. Although I think maybe the next decade they, they could. They, people still want that human element, Rob. They want that confidence that they're making the correct decision with complex with complex financial um, uh, uh, situations. So that human element is important to analyze that data. But we always say, don't fight the robots, team up with them. So it's using technology to provide your clients with better advice so they can have clarity and peace of mind that they're making the correct decisions. Talk to us about your podcast, gentlemen. It, it's unusual that a, 
a wealth management company would be in the podcast space, but you've made the decision, you've made it work. Tell us a little bit more about the story. Yeah. So Rob and I co-host a podcast called AFO Wealth Management Forward. And we've been incredibly lucky, Rob, to have some great guests on. We've had Forbes, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, we spoke to economists. Uh, we spoke, we, we talked to fintech CEOs and executives. They're really transforming uh, the marketplace out there in the fintech community. Uh, we recently interviewed the head of fintech strategies at Vanguard uh, Investment Group, which is, I believe, the second largest uh, asset manager in the world with $7 trillion. And they're doing some innovative stuff uh, in the fintech space from blockchain to providing more transparency and lowering fees. So the podcast has really opened up um, us to be able to communicate in, uh, to an audience, both fintech, accounting, uh, and people in general on uh, advancements in technology. So we've been fortunate enough to, to have some great guests on and we get to meet people like you, Rob, I think because of the podcast, I believe that uh, it's a great way to collaborate and, uh, and meet people and, and learn new things. So I've learned a lot over the last year um, by having a podcast and we're excited to have on more guests here in the future. Sure. And with the podcast, who listens to it and what do they get from it? You've given us a flavor, but I, I'm intrigued as to when you have guests on like that, what they've got to say and what kind of audience gets engaged by what they have to say. Yeah, I, I can hop in here. So largely the, our listener base are um, accountants, right? They, these are students that are that want to enter this, the accounting profession. We've got small business owner ac accountants. We've got folks that are in-house accountants that are thinking about maybe starting their own business. We've got older accountants that are thinking about how to modernize uh, their business. Um, and we're also starting to see some of our investment advisory clients uh, listen in. Um, and we get a question quite a lot, which is, guys, you guys are talking about the software providers that you've had success with and giving away the kind of secrets of how to start implementing some of this advisory services. Like, don't you want to get paid for giving out some of that secret? And our answer to that is, we hope everyone uses this software. This is better for our profession. This is better for consumers. This is better for us as an industry. So whatever knowledge that we've got, we want to gladly give it away. And the second answer to that question is, it's changing all the time. So accounts come and work with us because we've been focused solely on the last 10 years about identifying these software providers, learning about the value proposition of them and ironing out best practices to integrate them into a holistic firm. And not many people, not many accounts that we talk to have the time to do that. So why reinvent the wheel? Why go out and interview 12 different CRMs? Why interview six different types of financial planning software? Come to us. We've done that. <laughs> we can give you our, our unbiased opinion. Um, and if they want to work with us in a in a capacity of partnering with Eru, we love that. That's fantastic. Or they can partner with another firm, and we'll coach them in how to be able to do that. And if they want to ultimately start their own in, uh, registered investment advisory firm, we will help them do that. And any clients that we've partnered with belong to them in the contract. These are your relationships, because we we don't see this as a zero sum game. Uh, the success of accounting firms to implement this holistic strategy is going to benefit all of us in the profession. And we really want to try to be a voice for that change and empowerment for accounting professionals because we see them as the best colleagues of the future. Yeah. Rory, you're not in there. You've got a real cause, haven't you? I can see the passion in your eyes. And to for accountants to stay relevant, they've got to stay current. Yes, they do. And, uh, and that's what you know, they're inundated so much with technology. Uh, you know, they are the center of influences. So they get bombarded uh, with all these tools. 
uh, they an app ha- can have app overload. So we we have weeded out uh, you know those and, and provided really the best of the best of providers out there that can streamline the, the operational and admin and compliance uh, services for the firms out there. Uh, so we really uh, are allowing accountants out there to to have this family type of OS model uh, in a short period of time to provide their clients with this holistic. Uh, advice and, and improve their lives, improve the lives of their family, um, and, and really improve the lives of their firm. Mm. And as well as free access to a lot of the knowledge and, and software you're offering here, you have a, an educational program, don't you, for people that are serious about it, that want to take it a little bit further. Tell us more about that. Sure. So we've um, we've learned a lot when we've launched this program. <laughs> Made so, a few mistakes. <laughs> uh, you know, and those were all good. You know, we spent we spent a lot of time before we launched the program creating uh, a learning course, a learning management system for accountants to learn at their own pace. So we had videos and modules and things on these things to be able to try to, to help them. And we built that all out because we were thinking accountants are busy. When they want to learn, they can plug right in. What we found was that accountants want to dip their toe in. They want to get started in one area or another. So what we've what we've done is we still have that learning management system, but we do an intake session with that firm to help them identify the lowest hanging fruit. Because what we want to try to do is make our accountants successful in the shortest period of time in an authentic way that feels good for them that can scale. And so what we do after that intake is we'll focus on a few areas that we can get started kind of immediately. For a lot of accountants, that might be retirement accounts, because every time someone does their tax return, the accountants are saying, have you thought about funding a SEP IRA or an individual IRA to lower your tax bill? Or they're business owners, they have corporate 401k. Um, So we try to focus on some of these, these smaller issues. And what we found is that as the accounts get a little bit of success, uh, you know, a corporate 401k plan that has $20 million in assets, and they see the recurring revenue that starts to come in, and they equate that into how many tax returns they have to do to get that recurring revenue with a very small lift amount of things that's shifting them into a more powerful advisory uh, model in position with that CEO. They're hooked. They love it. You know, and they want to grow that because they don't want to go out and get another hundred clients to do their tax returns, which is going to, they don't have the capacity to do already, but they, they, the light goes off. Ah, this is a recurring revenue, high margin business that I can have confidence in what we are trying to provide here. How do I grow this? And so it's a longer cycle for accountants and we're, we're comfortable with that. Um, but it's one of growth and there's, it's one of acceleration as soon as they see the value benefit for themselves, their families, their employees, and their clients. And it seems that there are some general principles here of wealth management uh, in the family business. And whilst you're talking about a, a lot of UK, sorry, US-based financial products like the 401k and certain things like that, how applicable is all of this, Rory, to other countries throughout the world? Well, I think a holistic financial plan can really be applied uh, globally. So it's really having that map and that plan to provide someone with a better future. So whether you're talking about 401ks or retirement in general, uh, whether you are wealth managing or you're wealth seeking where you need to manage your debt, having that holistic financial plan uh, is gives you a, a, a North Star to be able to provide a better future for yourself. So I think accountants, advisors, we're uniquely positioned to provide that advice and that plan for our clients to set them up, their families up for success in the future and allowing their families to be protected for God forbid anything happen, whether it's having insurance, life insurance, or having that estate plan uh, to ensure their family's taken care of uh, if anything did happen. So I think it's our 
our job and our opportunity to provide that, be that CFO, that chief family officer uh, for clients, no matter if you're the US or, or anywhere else in the world. That's the CFO rebranded now. No longer chief financial <laughs> officer, but chief family officer. I, I like that. As a former high school math teacher, guys, my my interest is in financial literacy. I know you guys are big on this. And my co-host, Martin Bissett, is also banging the drum on financial literacy. <laughs> a lot of what I taught in the maths classroom was irrelevant to real life. I mean, what kids really need algebra or Pythagoras theorem or things like that. So you're really passionate about your financial literacy initiatives, aren't you? Yeah, I'm actually doing a talk at the Accounting Web Live Summit in San Diego, uh, Rob, here in May, talking about DNI through financial literacy. Uh, we believe that really there should be a safe, sustainable, and thriving marketplace that's that's equitable for all, especially here in the States. Financial literacy has been inaccessible. It's been uh, not very interesting. And it's been inefficient. Uh, seven states require personal finance courses to graduate. So our school system is not doing uh, the younger generation um, uh, uh, right by having uh, this lack of financial education in the school system. And then we don't really talk about this in the home. For some reason, uh, Rob, I don't know if you know this, but it's taboo. We don't talk about this at the dinner table. And then I think we need to do a better job uh, uh, with our employee benefits. Our corporations need to prioritize financial literacy and inclusion. Uh, there's a Harvard, Harvard Business Review a study that was done that says uh, employees who have financial lit- literacy uh, have greater stress and anxiety. It causes employee uh, disengagement and causes absenteeism. It causes mental health issues. There's a George Washington study uh, that was done as well uh, by the Global Financial Literacy Excellence Center that says people who are financially literate that have financial issues can spend up to six hours a day thinking about their personal finances. Uh, so during my talk, I'm going to talk about that this is not only the right thing to do to promote financial literacy and diversity, equity, inclusion, but it's really good for business. So I'm excited about the technology innovations that are happening in this space. We've partnered with a great app, our technology called Goal Setter, led by Tanya Van Court, and she's an African-American female fintech founder. She has stakeholders from Kevin Durant, the professional basketball player, to actors like Anthony Anderson, who are promoting financial literacy because we really believe that it takes the community to shine light on the situation. So uh, I'm excited about it. I believe that advancements in technology, this digital device that we're using can help change and, and impact the lives of the next generation. Mm. It's obviously your dinner tables that don't talk about financial literacy because all we talk about here in the UK is managing a budget, dealing with credit card debt and everything else. I mean, mealtimes are really exciting here. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. It is taboo mm-hmm. in a way. I, I totally get that, fellas. Uh, did you want to add anything to that, Rob, about financial literacy? You know, um, Rory's really passionate about this, and we're and we're very passionate about it. Um, you know, our, our partnership with Goal Setter is to try to get financial literacy and investment accounts for a a million kids uh, underserved in in the United States. Um, And as Rory mentioned, um, it's not just the right thing to do, but demographics are changing. They're changing quite a lot here in the United States, right? And so frankly, the accounting profession, the financial services profession is pretty white and pretty male, right? (laughs) And uh, and that's not a secret. Uh, And and so that's fine, that's okay. If it's, it's not something to be ashamed of, but it, we have to be very honest that the demographics of the United States are changing dramatically. And more people look like me than an older white man uh, out there. And the reality is, is that demographic 
is in charge of a huge amount of uh, capital and services. And um, everyone's trying to figure out ways to compete to get that consumer. And they're frankly not doing it in a very authentic way. So again, you know, we believe that you give away this value to people. It's not just the right thing to do, but ultimately it's a way for you to start to recognize the fact that if you're not doing it, you're leaving money on the table and you're not servicing the future of, of what this, well, at least here in the United States, but also I'd say kind of globally, what the future consumer is. Uh, so, you know, we see a lot of opportunities to do it. Um, you know, we're not shy of talking about the values um, of it. Um, and we're trying to be able to show people that there is a path for them, either through their employee benefits or themselves and their firm to start to, to put some of these best practices in. Um, and we're seeing a lot of traction. We're seeing a lot of people recognize the value of it. And, and as we come to a close, fellas, it's not just about the the revenue opportunities for advisory in, in the wealth area that you're talking about here, but accountants and CPAs have a duty of care to cover these bases for their business clients, for the family businesses that they serve. It's got to be done, hasn't it, Rory? Yeah. Like I said, it's not uh, only the right thing to do. It's good for business here. It's studies upon studies show that a, a more diverse uh, a workforce it makes for a more profitable uh, company. Uh, I, I'm going through some McKinsey studies as, as we're speaking, and they show that the, that the profitability is up to 25% more uh, with these diverse exec teams. So you know, that's why I'm passionate about DEI through financial literacy. I think we need to start at an early age so we can give kids from every different type of background an opportunity to generate wealth and, 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 uh, and give job opportunities for them uh, once they hit the workforce. Yeah. Let's finish by looking to the future, fellas. Crystal ball time. Well, what is coming up based on your experience working with all of these technologies, seeing the many uh, needs out there? What's coming up for advisory and wealth management for accountants over the next few years? Yeah, I, I, I'll hop in there. You know, on the financial advisor side, you look back to the 80s or the 90s. The financial advisor of the 80s and the 90s looks quite different than it, do, it does today, right? I would, I would argue that the financial advisor of today and of the future is largely based around holistic financial planning and holistic type of advice. That's what the consumers want. That's what employers want to, want to do. I think that's going to continue into the future. And, and frankly, the most successful advisor out there is going to be a mind meld of that accounting and that wealth management profession in tandem with software. That's that's the next step. That's the next horizon there. And even though technology is accelerating at an incredible amount of pace, so is the complexity of the financial world. And uh, we all see the VCs out there. They can solve the big, big ones, the big issues. We can file your tax returns online. We could robo-advise your wealth management. But somebody that moves from the United States to retire in Portugal has two businesses here, a child that they want to put through college, a grandkid that they're trying to set up a special needs trust for. The world is quite complex and it's going to get even more complex and they need people that can be able to service those people uh, of the future. And so we think it's really important to, to get ready for that. You haven't even touched on, guys, how I can bequeath my 5 million Bitcoins to my daughters. <laughs> so that, that whole crypto is a whole new game, isn't it? We've got it. We've got it. We've got an answer for you. We'll follow up after the podcast. <laughs> and Rory, what do you think is coming up in the advisory game for accountants, particularly with all the wealth and technology happening? Yeah, I think that uh, you know, robo advice out there—they're—they're—they're they're, uh, they're trying to get involved in in providing uh, wealth management services um, uh, to clients. So I think technology is rapidly advancing. 
I think the Apples and the Amazons of the world are trying to build that flywheel to take on uh, you know, financial advisors. And so that's why we promote this program of building that moat and try to diversify your service offerings so you can be indispensable to your client and their family. Uh, so we'll see the, the next couple of years, people still want that, that human element, like we spoke about that human advisor, because they want that, that comfort in knowing that they're making the correct decision. But I think the, the future here in the next couple of years is really looking at all the data, looking at all the systems and then uh, advising the client so you can give them peace of mind. Yeah. And uh, if accountants, CPAs listening, want to get in touch with you guys, we'll put your contact details in the show notes so they can do that. But if they did reach out to you, what would that conversation look like? What kind of things would you recommend for them and help, or help them with? You know, the first the first thing we do is when we get in contact with accountants, sometimes accountants will just reach out to me and say, look, I've been doing this. I've stubbed my toe with this because the old model of partnering with wealth management was we just refer it to this one guy. He's supposed to take care of us and he did a really awful job. So how do we make sure that we're not doing that? So we talk to them about the landscape and what options they have. And we try to answer as many questions. The first is kind of, you know, we're a bit like a doctor's office where somebody has something wrong with them. And we just try to listen and see if there's something we can try to assist with immediately. The second is uh, maybe a little bit longer conversation, 30 or 45 minutes. Tell us about your firm. What kind of clients do you have? What kind of opportunities do you have? What kind of struggles do you have? Um, and then we will take that and we will put together a, a pretty simplified roadmap of how we can start implementing them today. Um, a lot of the software subscriptions, we will harbor that cost and we'll get them on board to say asset map and say, let me just show you this. Uh, and, and we'll just start very slowly, but surely. But it is very much a coaching program as well as a family office engine that people can tie into. It's really the importance is really both of those coaching and providing a reliable engine for them to plug into the business today. And we'll even do things like update their marketing. A lot of the times I say, okay, I'm going to do this. How do I update my website? How do I do compliantly? I can start to offer these services. We walk them through all of that. Um, to try to make it as easy as possible for them to continue to do their business, but do a slight change to start moving the ship towards the advisory model. Got it. And final word from you, Rory, what happens to the accountants, CPAs that fall behind on this or don't see it as relevant or they just don't get it or they think, well, I've got a recurring fee model. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and uh, I'm not really going to take this stuff seriously. I mean, I, I think you can only look to the recent past of those who didn't adopt cloud accounting. Um, you know, those, you know, the, they're going to go the way of the dodo bird. You have to adapt uh, to the latest technology trends. And we believe this is uh, the next uh, trend in providing holistic advice. So we're in the early innings here, uh, but those who adopted early can really bear the fruits uh, of it. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Rob Santos and Rory Henry from Arrowroot and the AFO Wealth Management Forward podcast. It's been a thrill to talk to you today. Thank you. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.